Hi, we're back. welcome back to the next episode of Hell's Kitchen. I'm Gordon Ramsay, your host. Hell's Kitchen. And this is... Does he... No. That's not his show. Yeah, it is. Hell's Kitchen? Yeah. That's what it's called? It's a cooking show. Oh. Whatever. I don't know. You didn't get the joke, because you're literal about everything. Yeah. Whatever. Anyways. Okay. We're back again. Uh, okay. Are you not going to talk? Not anymore. Why? Because you didn't get my joke. Oh, well, I don't get that stuff. Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> you don't understand. No. Okay. All right. Well. Okay. I'm so tired. Yeah, me too. Let's, uh, let's finish this one because I want to watch Shameless. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I'm almost done. Well, you watch that. I'm going to do homework. Okay. You have fun. All right. Thanks. So, um. We're doing people who were prisoners in Menard Prison. It's a maximum security prison in Chester, Illinois. And one of the notable ones is John Wayne Gacy. But we did not do that one because. That's just too. That's too easy. It's too big. Yeah. We want to know the weird littler ones. Yeah. Although mine's pretty big. Oh. Well, I felt like that one was kind of low-hanging fruit, so. Yeah. We wanted to climb the tree to the ripest fruit. Not the one that everyone's touched. (laughs) Like John Wayne Gacy did to those. (laughs) That's. I'm going to hell anyway. Yeah. Might as well make all the terrible jokes I can. That's horrible. Okay. All right. Anyways. Well, um, he's dead now, so. Did you hear the story about, um. Well, I heard it on a podcast you don't listen to, so I doubt you heard it. But, like, um, no, I think I told you this, how the paintings that he did in prison. Yeah, were sold or something. I guess he painted those in Menard. Oh. No, he didn't actually paint them. He would, like, have, um, he would, like, recruit other prisoners to. That was just your dog. Your demon of a dog. He leaned against the door and it sounded like someone was out there. Um, It's locked. He would like recruit other prisoners and like um have them paint stuff oh and that's sell right them and yeah. split the profits with them yeah you did tell me that what a phony poser that phony oh that reminds me on shameless uh, debbie was uh she had like a dip can in her pocket yeah. and she was rubbing like uh something against it to like make it worn in the pants and they were like debbie what are you doing she goes, I'm trying to make a dip, like a dip ring in my pants so I don't look like a poser. <laughs> but obviously that you would be doing that, you know? Yeah. I thought it was funny. That's funny. Uh, okay, anyways. It's too close to home for me. Not me personally, just literally Dip my can hometown. in a pocket. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Wait. Before we start, do you actually have a beginning, middle, and end to your story? No, nah, hilarious. Or is it just all over the place. Yes. Okay. All right, I'm going. So I decided to do the case of Drew Peterson. And this might sound unremarkable. Wait, that's what I did too. Shut up. This might sound, it is not unremarkable at first, but um, once I get into it, a lot of people you will probably know about it once I talk about it more. So here the name doesn't ring a bell. We go. In 1972, Drew Peterson was an 18-year-old boy who was graduating from Willowbrook High School in a suburb outside of Chicago called Villa Park, Illinois. Soon after his graduation from high school, he joined the US Army and then he briefly he briefly attended the college of um Oh god, I don't know how to say this. It's in Illinois. DuPage or DuPage? Mm, no idea. Someone scream it in my face, please. Okay, um, so he attended the college of... I'm going to say DuPage because it makes me feel fancy. Um, <laughs> in 1974, before moving to Falls Church, Virginia, to train as a military police officer. After three years there, he began what would be a 30-year career with the local police force in Bolingbrook, Illinois, which is another suburb outside of Chicago. Suburb? I can't talk. Suburb. So he started his police career in 1977. 
Um, so he was, I mean, he was ripe. He was twi- <laughs> 23. Will you shut up? That is our dog again. 23, and he became a police officer. Okay. So a year later, 1978, he was assigned to the Metropoli- Metropolitan Area Narcotics Squad. And in 1979, he received a Police Officer of the Year award from um, the police department. So he was, I mean, he was young, 25, and he received Police Officer of the Year. So that's... Yeah, an achievement. Pretty impressive, yeah. Um, so he actually retired. You know what? I'll get to it later. Um, all right. So okay. That all sounds good, right? He's, you know, seems like a pretty normal dude. Who, you know, successful first uh, first quarter of his life. So let's get into his four failed marriages. All right, here. Four. We go. Dang. All right. Four and a half, technically. Okay, so. Drew Peterson met his first wife, Carol Brown, um, in high school, where they attended his senior prom together. So they were high school sweethearts. Um, they got married in 1974. But they divorced in 1980 after um, she learned, Carol had learned, that he was cheating on her. Um, And together they had sons, Stephen Paul and Eric Drew. Moving on, two years later, 1982, Peterson married his second wife, Vicki Connolly. They um, actually operated, they owned and operated a bar together in Romeoville. Um, which I believe is <coughs> also right outside of Chicago. Romeo, take me. No, no, no. <laughs> um, Connolly, uh, so Vicky, allegedly, um, no, she alleged a history of abuse during her 10-year marriage to Peterson. Um, and she had a daughter um, with someone else before their marriage. Um, and the daughter also said that there was um, abuse in the household and she lived in the house until she was 17. She moved out. She said there was abuse going on. Um, So Connolly told police that during their marriage, Peterson had threatened to kill her and make it look like an accident. So she divorced him, surprisingly, and after um, they got divorced, he started dating Kathleen Savio um, so <laughs> Vicki Connolly and Drew Peterson were divorced in February of 1992, and two months later, he was married to Kathleen Savage. Two months? Mm-hmm. So we're on wife number three here, okay? Jesus. Two months. Just obviously, yeah. Okay. Peterson, um, so he married... Kathleen Savio, she was an accountant. Um, they married in 1992, two months after he divorced his second wife. Um, together, they had two sons, Thomas and Christopher. Um, their divorce was finalized <laughs> in 2003. So Wait, so he had two more sons with the third wife? Yes, yeah, so he has four kids right now. Oh, my gosh, yeah. As okay. of 2003, four kids. Um. And this was actually his longest marriage. It was 11 years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other one was eight or six, six. First one was six. Yeah, yeah. And then the second one was... I ten, forgot. Ten. Yeah, okay. And this one was 11. So, I mean, he's doing better. He's probably learning some things <laughs> as, as he goes along. Except um, third time wasn't a charm. <laughs> n- no. Well, yeah. Um, okay, so... They, oop, they got divorced um, in 2003, and it was reported that between 2002 and 2004, um, police were called out to the Peterson house 18 times on domestic disturbance calls, um, including calls for returning children late after visitation hours. Um, so there was probably a lot of toxicity there going on. Um, in his city, in his city. Yeah. You don't get that? No. Oh. Says some of a down song. Wake up. Yeah. What do we want to make up? Um That's chop suey. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um 
what was I talking about? Okay, so in March of 2004, um, oh, this is where it gets sad. Uh, Savio's body was found in a waterless bathtub. Her death was initially ruled an accidental drowning. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> by a coroner's jury that included a police officer who, who personally knew Peterson and assured the oh. other jurors that he was a good man who would never hurt his wife. Even though the police had been out there 18 times for domestic disturbance, right. he would never hurt his wife. At age 49, Peterson married 19-year-old hotel receptionist Stacy Ann, um, and I'm honestly, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. It's spelled C-A-L-E-S. So, Callis? C-A-L-E-S? Mm-hmm. Kales. Kales. That was weird. Not really. There was only two options on how to pronounce it. I already said the other one. Okay. No, it could be Smith. (laughs) 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 Okay. So, um, all right. Get this. Get this. Get this. Okay. So, he, he. I don't get it. (laughs) He divorced Kathleen Savio, who died mm-hmm. in the bathtub, <coughs> on October 10th, 2003. He married 19-year-old Stacy Ann on October 18th, 2003. Holy shit. And he's, what, 49? Yeah. Um, and he is and not, she was 19. He's not good looking. He looks like an old Tim Allen. I didn't. <laughs> an old fat Tim Allen. You know, um, in the Santa Claus movies, like when Tim Allen's turning into Santa Claus, <laughs> yeah. that's what he looks like. Drew Peterson. Let's look this mofo up. I mean, there's one picture that is strikingly similar to Tim Allen. Wait, uh, he doesn't look like Tim Allen. No, let me see. Let me see your phone. There is one. Keep going. We heard. Oh, that one with his no, wife. No, not oh. even that one. Let me see it. Give me your phone. Uh, it's, it's this one. Oh, right there. Yeah. Oh, he does. Yeah, he, he looks does. like a bigger one. Wait, yeah. Let me see it. He does. He yeah, looks like that Tim one. Allen he does. With prosthetic gels. But the other one, he kind of looks like a. Um, Man, I can't. I can't think. Some of it. actor, yeah, um, Donald Sutherland, playing a creepy man. I don't know. Apparently, there's a movie about this dude. Oh well, shut up. I'm gonna get to it. Oh, put the phone down. Put it down. No, I'm looking up Donald no. Sutherland. That doesn't look like Donald Sutherland. Okay, anyways. <laughs> okay, put it down. Right. Put it down. Okay. Face down. Face down. Okay. All right. So he marries. Um, 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 Stacy Ann Kales, Callis, Callis, um, eight days after his divorce was finalized from Vicky. But him and Vicky had been separated for like a few years and they started dating when they were separated. So as soon as that divorce was finalized, they tied the knot. So together, 19 year old Stacy and 49 year old Peterson had two children, Anthony and Lacey. So this is six now. Yes, he that's his last child, Lacey, born in two thousand five. So now he's he's like Frank. <laughs> yeah, um, he so Lacey would be what nineteen now. Uh yeah. yeah yeah no God no she <laughs> Jesus Christ I'm so bad at math fourteen she's fourteen now oh yeah his, his youngest <laughs> I disagreed with you <laughs> I don't know where the extra five years came from um okay so. Uh, Stacy, she actually, oh, I keep hitting the microphone with my finger splint because my finger is broken. Um, so Stacy legally adopted Savio's children, the woman who had died in the bathtub. Oh. Stacy, 19-year-old Stacy adopted, legally adopted mm. them, um, and she treated them like they were her own kids. Hmm. Um, she was close to completing her nursing degree from Joliet Junior College, um, at the time of her disappearance on Sunday, October 28th, 2007. So almost exactly four years after they got married. Right. She went missing. 
Stacy hmm. was officially reported missing in the early hours of um, October 29th after her sister, Cassandra, failed to hear from her when she was expecting to hear from her. Um, Peterson, he claims that Stacy called him at 9 p.m. Um, that day before and told him that she had left him for another man. Um, and that she was leaving her 2002 Pontiac Grand Am at Bolingbroke's uh, Clow International Airport. Um, and to this day, Stacy is still considered a missing person. What? And her family has launched a website to help find her. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, in the wake of Stacy's suspicious disappearance, um, so the people who the forensic people who went over um kathleen savio's murder or whoops her (laughs) her death in the bathtub Mm -hmm. they were like this is kind of weird so she died suspiciously in the bathtub with no water yeah and drowned she drowned accidentally drowned in the bathtub then his wife now goes missing right a little strange so um the her body was actually exhumed and underwent forensic examination um, in 2007, literally a month after, less than a month after um, Stacy was reported missing. Yeah. How many years is that now, though, from the... So, like, she died... Um, four. So, four years. Oh, that's right, because it was only a few days in between yeah. when she died and they mm-hmm. got married. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know how much is left there to even... Well, so I went... Okay, so my senior year in undergrad, we went. I took a death and dying class. You exhumed a body? Yes. We grave dug. And <laughs> we... Um, it was a class on death and dying. And we um, went to a funeral home nearby. And um, we, like, got to ask the funeral director like all these questions about it he took us down um like in the embalmment room mm-hmm. and showed us like what they use and stuff and what it's like right we were asking him um like how long will a body stay in the coffin mm-hmm. undisturbed and he said like now that they the procedures that they do like they take out all the organs they basically like yeah they embalm so well that's my point too though like if the organs aren't there, how are they going to tell? Well, the skin and the bones and stuff. But I guess, like, like any the, trauma. The body, he said, will stay intact for years. Like years and years. That's weird. Um, well, because there's nothing in it to... Because those coffins or caskets are like air sealed. Yeah. Or whatever. And then, um, I mean, they have nothing to decay really besides their skin. But that's basically preserved. Because of all the... Uh, formaldehyde. Formaldehyde, yeah. So he said a body will last, like, decades after it's buried. Whoa. Crazy. Yeah. So four years after she's buried, they exhume her body. They do forensic um, examining on it. It's it's literally, like, two weeks after, a little over two weeks after Stacy is officially missing. Um so Michael Baden, a former New York City medical examiner who conducted the examination, um, so actually Savio's relatives and Fox News were like, you have to do this. You have to exhume her body and re-examine it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this guy, Michael Baden, did it. And um, <coughs> he s- concluded that she died of drowning. She did dry- die of drowning following a struggle when her body was placed in the bathtub. Interesting. Um, yeah. So she did drown, but she was forcibly drowned. Uh, postmortem photos showed extensive bruising and scraping to her back, torso, and face, as well as large unexplained a large unexplained gash in her scalp. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Um, the results of the official autopsy ordered by the county have yet to be released to the public, though. The weird thing is, is though, how did they not? See that the first time the gash. Um, they did. They probably had his covered up buddies working yeah. on it. Right. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> the results. Um, oh no, I just said that. Me, me, me. Will County State's Attorney James Glasgow 
told the press that after examining evidence in the case, he believed that the death was a homicide staged to look like an accident. Um, and in February of 2008, Glasgow announced that a pathologist had determined that Savio's death was indeed a homicide, adding to... Are you saying homicide? Homicide. I said it weird. Homicide. Adding um, that the death had been investigated as such since reopening the case following the exhumation. All right. So we're jumping forward a little. Stacy Ann, the wife that went missing. Mm-hmm. Her reverend was like, hey, I have some info that I can tell you. So Reverend Neil Shakori, I think that's how you say it, um, a pastor at Stacy's church, uh, he actually met Stacy one day in a Starbucks per her request um, and reported that Stacy had told him that Drew had killed Savio and had made it look like an accident, albeit not very well. Um, <laughs> and that she was afraid of her husband. So she was afraid of Drew. Uh, Stacy had provided Drew's alibi for his whereabouts on the evening on which Savio had died. So Savio and Drew were separated. He was dating Stacy at the time. Mm-hmm. She lied and said he was with him, but or he was with her, but he wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Making sure you understand that. Okay. So, this dude, Rick Mims, he is Peterson's lifelong friend. Um, He admitted that he and Peterson bought three blue plastic containers from a cable company where they both (coughs) work. Excuse you. Where they both work. (coughs) Hammer it. Stop. It's because that's on the table still. Yeah. His shot color is off of him. He knows. He went for a little swim today. All right. So. Like I was saying, <laughs> he looked right at me like, I hate you so much. <laughs> um, so his friend, Rick, uh, said that he and Peterson bought three blue plastic containers from a cable company where they both worked part-time in 2003. In 2003. Hmm. They, they had bought these drums. You know, those like blue pa- plastic drums. Those big like plastic barrels. Oh, though, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he I was thinking you meant like drum set. <laughs> oh, dear God. No. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, He yeah. bought those in 2003. So either he was premeditating far in advance or he bought them for a different purpose and was like, oh, well, these will come in handy. Yeah. Listen, I don't know. Okay, so. He provided, this Rick Mims guy, he provided uh, photos of these containers to the police, which, like, why would you just have photos of, you know? I don't right. Know. Um, this guy also that sold... That is kind of weird. He also sold his story to tabloid newspapers for an undisclosed sum of money. So, like, I mean... But Peterson's stepbrother, Thomas Morphy, um, who has a history of drug and alcohol addiction attempted suicide two days after um, allegedly helping Peterson carry a plastic container from Peterson's home to his SUV. And he attempted suicide because he felt like he had um, may have helped dispose of Stacy's body. And he like couldn't live with himself. Um, and neighbors also reported seeing Peterson and another man, which would have been his stepbrother, hauling a 55-gallon barrel large enough to hold a person out of the house shortly after her disappearance. Hmm. Yeah. So in 2007, during the midst, midst of his wife's disappearance, um, Peterson was like, hey, I think I'm going to retire from the police force now. I'll take my pension, which was a little over $6,000 a month. Which is, I mean, that's a pretty good... Uh, yeah, right. Pretty good. That's what, like 70 grand? Uh... Really take taxes out of pension? I don't know. Uh, n- I don't know. I really don't know. That stuff might be pre-taxed. Mm. Mm. Oh well, that's a lot of money. Um, I don't know though. I don't have to know that because I don't have a pension. So. Oh well, um, since he hadn't actually been convicted of a crime yet, the police force was like, "Yeah, I guess, I guess that's okay. If you want to just retire." Because if he's under an active investigation or being 
convicted, they obviously couldn't give him his pension, but mm-hmm. um, he got right on that. So um, in December, in yeah, uh, December 2008, Peterson's publicist confirmed Peterson was engaged to 23-year-old Christina Rains a year after his wife went missing. A year after his 19-year-old, well, I guess she's 23 at the time. 23-year-old wife went missing. He's engaged to 23-year-old Christina Rains. So this is his fifth one then, right? This would have been his fifth one. Yeah. So on January 30th, 2009, it was made public that Rains had moved out of Peterson's house. So she was living at his house. She had moved out after her father, Ernie Rains, had issued an ultimatum to his daughter out of concern about the way Peterson tried to control her and what he feared Peterson could do to her. Hmm, interesting. So the dad was like, you're going to move out of his house and break up with him, break off the engagement, or I don't know, I'm never going to speak to you again or something like that. Um, and she did. She moved out of Peterson's home um, when she, quote, came to her senses, um, calling the engagement a plebis- plub- publicity. publicity stunt designed to keep Peterson in the media spotlight. Sickening. Yeah. I'm almost done. So in July of 2012, Drew Peterson was taken to trial for the murder of his third wife, Kathleen Savio. And Savio, sorry. And on September 6th, 2012, he was found guilty and sentenced to 38 years in prison. But it doesn't stop there. On February 9th, 2015, so three years after. Mm -hmm. um, Don't tell me it's some good behavior bullshit. No, 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 no. It's even better. Peterson was charged with attempting to put a hit on James Glasgow. So the guy, (laughs) the prosecutor. While he was in prison? Yeah, the prosecutor that was like, um, this was definitely a homicide. (laughs) Homicide. Why do I keep saying it like that? I don't know. It's homicide. Definitely a homicide. (laughs) (laughs) Have I always said it like that? I don't think so. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, let's say it in a casual conversation. So, So, you know what's not a suicide? Homicide. It's a homicide. I said it right then. Eh, I think I'm. You still kind of home. You kind of homed it. It's my southern accent coming out. Okay, your sister was here for a while, so maybe some of your homicide. Your homicide accents synced up. She doesn't have an accent. Or like. No, I feel like your sister does more than you. Really? Yeah. Oh. I can. I can like kind of. worked catch so hard to get rid of it. Mm. No, because I'm not kidding you. People in my hometown, they literally talk like this. Yeah. Like, I'd they try to act like they're from Texas. <laughs> and they're not. They're from Southern Illinois. <laughs> so that's how they talk. Yeah, but it, you guys are in the country. Yeah. Well, the yeah. literal middle of nowhere. Yeah. But they would, they would talk, like, in school. They would talk, this is off subject, whatever. They would talk with such a heavy twang that I couldn't even understand what they were saying. I'm like, I'm sorry, are you speaking English? I have been, in my hometown, I've been asked, like, from people, strangers, if I'm, um, like, foreign. Because they're like, you have, a, you have an accent. you're not foreign. Well, obviously, I know I'm not foreign, but they're like, you have an accent. You, you can't be from here. And I'm like, no, I just talk like I'm intelligent. I don't talk like I have freaking chew in my mouth all the time <laughs> um anyway homicide homicide yeah there you go homicide homicide all right how would Anyways. they say it in chicago chicago homicide i have no idea i don't really know the chicago accent you mean you want some pap <laughs> I know, like on Shameless, they're like, "You want to? I'm going to Patsy's, 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 Patsy's pies." Yeah, they talk like a lot of eyes. Like, uh, eh. Well, yeah, St. Louis is ar- like farty far highway, farty far north. Yeah, that's St. Louis. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Okay. Um. Um. All right. So that the lead prosecutor. P- prosecutor in chicago he put a hit on him james glasgow yeah the one that was like this is homicide not an accidental drowning 
He put a hit on him. Um, after a fellow inmate tipped off prosecutors um, of Drew Peterson's plan and wore a wire to capture evidence against Peterson, they found out about the hit he had put on Glasgow. Um, so in May of 2016, he was found guilty of solicitation of murder and solicitation of murder for hire, and he was subsequently sentenced to an additional 40 years in prison. Oh. He got more time. Suck it. He got more time. Listen, he got more time for trying to hire a hitman to kill someone than murder. Than for murdering yeah. his wife. Yeah, that's crazy. What the hell? Yeah. If he had put that's a our hit, justice system. If he had put a hit out to murder a woman, guarantee he wouldn't have got 40 years. But it was because it was a lead prosecutor in Chicago and it was a male. He got 40 years. More time than he got for murdering his wife. Yeah, it might have made it worse because he was already in prison. I don't know. So stupid. Okay. I mean, not stupid. Put him away forever, but... Okay. God. Kill the son of a a bitch. All right. So he was sent to Menard Prison. We need Batman. Uh, Yeah. That's our um, theme of this episode. And he spent some time there, but he actually was transferred to United States Penitentiary in Terre Haute, Indiana. Um, so he did spend time in Menard, but he's not currently there. Um, and he won't be eligible for release until 2081. No. Hopefully he's dead by then. Um, yeah, I mean, he would be like 100. Yeah, he'll oh, be dead. He would be, no, he wouldn't be 100. He'd be in his... Let's see, he was 18 and 72. So what's that? <laughs> 55? He was born at 55? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Isn't that the correct math? What? 50, 54 or 55. So, I mean, yeah, he'll be dead. Yeah. Right. He'd be like 130 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. With the, the medicine nowadays and technology. Oh, yeah, in prison he's getting all that treatment. I mean, probably. Probably, yeah. Jesus Christ. These people get... Earthing. Cells and what they get is nicer than what you get in a college dormitory. Okay. So, this story was huge when it came out. Like, I remember seeing it all over the news. I remember seeing him on a talk show. I don't remember what it was, but I remember Hmm. sitting down. My parents were watching it, and I was like, what's this? Who's this guy? What'd he do? And they were like, he murdered his wife. So I rem- I remember when this was like huge a huge story, um, especially because it happened in Illinois and that's where I'm from. It was a big deal, um, and of course there was like news coverage on Oprah. Her network did an episode on it. Dr. Phil did an episode about it. The ID Channel did a documentary on it, um, and something I think you'll really like um, the Lifetime. Um, television Hardy, har, har. network in June of 2011. If you don't know, Brandon loves Lifetime movies. Okay, because so they suck you in. They do. You they watch do five minutes in. and you're into it. Yeah, and then and you're like, don't date him, don't date him. Now he's trying to kill you. <laughs> Grab the knife. <laughs> uh, that's basically every single one. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that one movie we watched with Brenda Song? Oh, that was awful. Was that a Lifetime movie? It felt like a Lifetime uh, movie. It felt like one, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so they made a Lifetime movie in 2011. Um, or they began filming in 2011. Uh, Drew Peterson, Untouchable, was the title of this film. And it... Excuse me. Excuse me. Okay, so... Uh. Um, it depicted the events surrounding the death of Savio and the disappearance of Stacy. Rob Lowe, and I've seen this movie. I remember watching it. Rob Lowe? My, yeah, my He parents. plays in a lot of Lifetime movies. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. Um, my parents watched this movie. I remember watching part of it with them. And he's scary. Rob Lowe. I've probably seen this movie. <laughs> probably. Um, so he portrayed Peterson in the film. Uh, Cara Buono. I don't know. She didn't look familiar to me. Um, she portrayed Kathleen Savio. And Kaylee Cuoco, is that you say her name? Mm. Uh, I think so, Cuoco. something like that. Um, from Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Um, she portrayed Stacy, who is missing. 
Peterson, he actually filed a cease and desist letter demanding that the production of the movie be halted, I guess from prison he did. Um, well, no, because they started filming before he was sentenced, so I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, but the film aired in, on January 21st, 2012. Suck it. Because Lifetime doesn't give a shit. <laughs> so. Mm. That is the case of Drew Peterson. Interesting. I still don't know that one, though. The wife cop killer. The I cop still, wife killer. Yeah, I still don't know that one. Okay. I'm going to do mine on Andre Crawford. Yeah. His name is Andre Ca- Crawford. Uh, so number of known victims is 11. And they were ranging from 1993 to 99. Um, and then he was arrested on January 28th, uh, 2000. And there was nothing more fitting than for it to be in Southside Chicago. Mm. Along with the uh, shameless theme yeah, yeah, right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> sentence. He was uh, sentenced to life in prison without parole on December seventeenth, two thousand nine. Uh, his victims were mostly prostitutes or oh, sex workers or drug addicts. What's wrong with that? We're, I don't get it. What's wrong with it? I have a negative connotation around it. And like sex workers doesn't. No, it's the same thing. No, because a sex worker. No, it's not. A sex worker, it's like an umbrella for a whole bunch of different works. Um, whatever. But you're, it's the same, like, it's describing the same thing. Yeah, but prostitutes demeaning. Okay. Because it has the connotation of, well, you deserve what you get. Because you chose this lifestyle. Okay, I don't, I don't understand. Okay, anyways, in the courtroom, Andre. <laughs> it's sex worker. In the courtroom, Andre was described as unmoving in the courtroom, uh, and he showed no reaction. Unmoving, like um, no emotional affect, yeah, uh, or like you, you literally didn't move. You you didn't listen to the full sentence. Yeah, I did. He showed no reaction and no emotion. Okay, but is that in addition to him not moving? Yeah, that. I was describing his unmoving. Oh, so it was like he was unmoving, colon. Yeah, but you, yeah. I paused and then you interrupted. No, I heard you. That was my comma in the sentence. Okay, well, I'm just (laughs) clarifying because last time you literally just told me like the basis of the information and then you're like, oh, that's it. In custody, Andre (laughs) confessed on videotape (laughs) To the seven, <laughs> to the seven murders he was linked to genetically, as well as the three others, uh, authorities had not even considered to be related in the case. So they knew about these ones, and then he started, you know, saying, "Yeah, I did that one. I did that one." And then he said three more, and they're like, "Oh fuck, I had no idea." So oh. they kind of got blindsided with a couple. So like they pro- they could prove that he did those. What's or that? Was it one of those like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, we'll get to some of that later. Oh, okay. Um, so uh the three extra killings involved uh drug addicted sex workers and occurred between What are you doing? I'm nothing. Are you smelling a candle? Yeah. Smells okay. good. All right. Anyways, uh and occurred between July 23rd, 1997 and February uh, second, 1999. He, um, his videotaped confession apparently took th- three days. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and he said that he killed, I'm sure he was playing it, you know, like. He was either the slowest talker or he No, he's so probably like, stuff. he's like, ah, oh, give me a big steak and I'll tell the rest. Mm. You know, yeah. I, I'm just assuming. I have no idea. Didn't say. Uh, he said that he killed uh, the women and would lure them into abandoned buildings to exchange drugs for sexy time. Mm. Uh, when women, when would women would resist fa- <laughs> I put in quotations favors before the exchange of drugs, uh, then he would strangle them um, and then murder them. Well, as a result of strangling them, 
and then rape their dead corpses. No, yeah. Um, in one case, the prosecutor said that Crawford had sex with the body after she was murdered. Oh, that was just reiterating what I just said. Uh, then moved her to another part of the building to continue to have sex with her again. That's disgusting. Uh, he was popular in New City and Inglewood areas because he would offer to do small chores for cash. And then he was actually described um, as like, uh, you know, the typical, oh, I would never expect him to be that guy or anything, you know? Like, mm -hmm. so he was apparently like a decent, well, a talker, not a decent guy because he he's a shitty dude. Yeah. Decent. yeah, right. Um, just like, I mean, John Wayne Gacy, a lot of these people. Mm -hmm. uh, neighbors said that he would voice his opinion on his hatred for prostitutes. Sex workers. Uh, um, September. Okay. So this is where I kind of I I skipped over quite a few because they were they were really basic descriptions. Um, so where they found the women, they just said like the building and how old they were and the dates. Um, so I just noted a few of them, not all. But there was uh, like September 21st, 1993, a 30s, and they were all around the same age, probably like um, maybe mid-20s to late mid-40s. Um, so Wait, did you say they were all around the same age? Oh, did I say that? Yeah. Oh, I meant they range from, sorry, <laughs> they range, I... Yeah. they range from mid 20s to about mid 40s incorrect. no i probably said it wrong um a 37 year old woman was found murdered uh her body was discovered in a vacant factory lot on the 700 block of west 50th street uh she was found with blunt trauma to her head um all of these had dna recovered from the bodies obviously and they were all found in abandoned buildings um, December 21st, 1994, uh, a 24-year-old woman was found murdered. Um, April 3rd, 95, a 36-year-old woman was found murdered. Um, May 3rd, okay, so the, I wanted to note a couple of these because in May, May 3rd, 1995, Andre was arrested for attempted criminal sexual abuse, which is also a felony. This was a missed opportunity because his DNA sampled and um, was never entered into the system. So if they would have had it there, they maybe would have linked him to the other murders and he would have never gotten out to commit all these other ones below. Yeah. So way to go. On July 23rd, 1997, a 27-year-old woman was murdered, um, found murdered in an abandoned building. Um, and like I said, all DNA was recovered from all these. Um, so that this was, uh, this was one I wanted to note, uh, December 27th, 1997, 42 year old woman was raped as she walked. Um, an offender approached her from behind, placed a knife to her head, dragged her into an abandoned building where he beat and raped her in January, 1998. So this was shortly after. He was arrested for possession of a controlled substance, which is, again, a felony, and DNA was never recovered hmm. or never uh, taken. Wait, so, so the woman that he, like, put the knife up to her head and drug her into the building, was she a sex worker or just... Uh, no, no, she was just forced. Um, yeah. Uh, August 13th, 1998. Uh, that's why they said most words sex workers or oh. drug addicts. Yeah. Um, August 13th, 1998, a 40-year-old woman. Okay, so these two I noted because it's weird. Uh, a f August 13th, 1998, a 44-year-old woman was found murdered. A rehabber discovered her body in the kitchen of an abandoned house. Oh. So the next one that was found was August 13th, 1998. Two bodies were found in two different places. 
A 32-year-old woman was found murdered. A real estate agent discovered her de decomposed body lying on the floor in the attic of an abandoned house or building. So that's crazy. The, they found two, you know, two bodies in two different abandoned buildings on the same day. Yeah. December 8th, uh, 1998, 35-year-old woman was found murdered. Uh, another, uh, so it was another rehabber discovered her body with her pants around one ankle and the other completely off. Mm -hmm. So you can put that together. Um, again, November 1999, Andre was arrested for possession of a controlled substance. Again, it is a felony. And they never got his DNA once again. Uh, so he was let go, but then he was finally caught when police got tips from women who had run-ins with Crawford, um, point, and they pointed the police into his direction. So it was, yeah, women that had been raped, or there, there was a few people that got away. Yeah. But, yeah, and they finally, they, they finally said, hey, it's that guy. The I'm telling police, you. The police probably, like, saw him so much you know like they knew who everyone knew who he was he was always in jail for drugs and stuff so they didn't even think to get his dna because they were like oh it's just uh what's his name andre oh, yeah it's just andre like he's harmless just a druggie yeah yeah just like <laughs> frank in the hospital <laughs> yeah um and there was another so there was another instance where someone on a bus said they heard overheard Andre say uh, drug addicted sex workers need to be strangled and have their heads beaten in. Oh, Jesus. So uh, that was another thing that was, you know, he didn't like, say sex workers, uh, mm, I don't know. I thought I quoted that was what he, I quoted. Like I put what oh, he quoted. So progressive. Yeah, that's what it is. Killer. Yeah, it, that's what it says. Drug addicted sex workers need to be strangled and have their heads beaten in. Hmm. So, yep, that's him. That's it? Yeah, it wasn't, but there was like 11 of these. So when did he get sentenced to prison? What's that? When did he get sentenced to prison? I thought I said that. It was early 2000s. Yeah. Or late like, 2000s. They finally caught him and... Yeah, they caught him on January 28, 2000, sentenced to life in prison okay. without parole on December 17, 2009. They didn't get him until 2009? They, they arrested him. They just didn't convict him until 2009. Oh. So he had, like, you know, because crap like that takes forever. Years, yeah. Yeah. Oh, dang, he sucks. Yeah. For him. So, all right. I thought of something so cool earlier, but then I forgot. Remember it. Um, Remember it. So next week, um, I'll be out of town over the weekend. But no, let's like let's not say that, <laughs> so people know we're oh. here. Oh, okay. Because they all know where we live. Well, they could find out. Oh, okay. I know, Jared. You're probably gonna rob us. Oh yeah. So we're gonna we're just gonna have to uh, um what's this called? Record this another day. We might be a day late. Yeah, it might be a day late or so. So sorry. We might do it. Yeah. For all you that demand early. us. Yeah. So I know, you guys just can't wait. <laughs> Every Sunday night. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Just all three of our followers. Yeah. Um, man, what did I think of? What did I think, think of? of I thought of it earlier, but I didn't want to interrupt your whole spiel. You should have. No. I had to do something with... Um, oh, so like, this is an idea. You know, uh, <laughs> what, uh, what if we choose like something like... You know how the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was after, like, a real story, but it was obviously, yeah, like, exaggerated in the movie? Uh-huh. So what if we do something like that? It can be anything. What? Supernatural or murder or stuff. Like, what? so, like, the real story of Chainsaw Massacre. We already did that. We did? I did Ed Gein. 
Oh, but one that has been like exaggerated. Yeah. We already did that. I don't remember that. Yeah. What did I do then? Because we didn't do it. No, we did. It was early. Oh. Let me just check. I know I did Ed Gein for that because Texas Chainsaw Massacre and whatever Leatherface is. Uh, is that Texas Chainsaw Massacre? No. Leatherface? Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, based on him. Yeah, but so I, don't I, did that. I don't remember us doing these. Listen, we did it. It was early because it was my idea and you always steal my idea uh, and try to act like you're theirs. Because yeah, I had a couple. Madame Lalari, because it was based off of. Um, oh. American uh, Horror Story. That's right. And I did Ed Gein. Oh. <laughs> Listen, we are on episode. Uh, this should be 30, yeah. This will be our 30th, so we don't remember. We don't remember any of this. Well, then I don't know. Whatever you want to do. Why me? Because uh, my ideas suck. Let's do biblical murders. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> you are? You're okay? No, okay without doing that one. Oh. Um, let's do... Help. Help, people. Help. You know what? We're just going to work through this right now. Topics in murder. This is a... A search that I do quite often. We could do. Ooh, art theft? That's lame. <laughs> is it? I bet it'd be really cool. Um, what is battered women syndrome? <laughs> oh, that's just sad. That's what that is. Um, ethnic cleansing. Mm, that sounds lame too. Oh, that's like when you try to get people to convert to like your religion. Oh. Um, female serial killers already did it. Eyewitness memory. Eh. Gangs. Eh. Um, hackers and hacking. Eh. Hate crimes. That's just sad. Um, um, you know what? Can we pause this? <laughs> What's that? Can we pause this? Why don't we just surprise everybody next week? (sighs) Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Surprise. Episode 30 will Uh, be a surprise. Okay. All right. We need help. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.